You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show with the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to uh, call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. It doesn't appear that that's a thing, so let's get started. Hey, Ryan Scarrett. Uh, I just wanted to call in to just give my two cents regarding this guy, Homer. Um, I'm, I'm still amazed at how some morons get a job on the radio uh, or through another network and put out this kind of garbage. I mean, it, I'm being totally serious. I mean, for someone to give that kind of commentary, I'm sorry, but that's like fifth grade intelligence. Uh, to give a comment like that uh, regarding a team that you're supposed to be covering. And I'm sorry, I, I don't expect a guy to completely 100% support a team, but with this kind of commentary, uh, it's just unintelligible. I, I just I can't get over the kind of content that is put out by the media yeah. for Green Bay with someone like this who... It just insults the regular fan in me, and I appreciate your rant regarding to what he had to say because it is just mind-boggling that somebody has that kind of viewpoint for the Green Bay Packers and to not follow up with any facts or any intelligent uh, commentary for why you come up with that. It's just... Makes me want to puke that people like that have a job and have a opportunity to do great things, and they spew stuff like that. It is amazing to me that in this world where you know you've got a million people out there that could probably do a better job than he is, to be totally honest, and yet he's got a job doing that. It, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Green Bay, you can do a lot better than this. Wisconsin sports, you can do better than this. Whatever the platform he works for, for Pete's sake, I'm out. Yeah, the the one thing that came to mind as you were talking is I, I can't help but think that there's just been a lot of changes over the years, and a lot of the older guys have, have been stuck in their tradition. This is the same with everything. Um, I think there's a big there's a lot of reason to believe this, even in, in sort of the barbecue community. There's there's just a certain way that things have been passed down for years. And don't get me wrong, these people make great food and all, but um, a lot of science has come along in that time to prove a lot of the things that have been thought to be true are absolutely useless. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense, you know. Um, things like soaking your wood chips, you know, that's, that's kind of a... a a thing that even I, I was, I might have mentioned this already, but I was listening to a podcast. One of the very, very well known, award winning um, barbecue people, a female barbecue competition ch- champion, multiple time champion, um, 
says she she soaks her wood chips and didn't realize that that was a useless endeavor. You know, the the thing that uh, this this guy who and, and and funny enough in the food community as well as in the football community there is a nerd group and the nerds and the traditionalists don't really get along but you know you can't help but notice what the nerd but anyways one of the people in the nerd categories one of the things he likes to say is they make boats out of wood for a reason they don't soak up water and it's true i mean it's very simple they soaked wood chips for like 72 hours cut it in half and there was almost zero penetration none it didn't soak same with uh, marinating you marinate that thing i'm going to i'm going to leave it in there for a long time so it really soaks into the meat it doesn't you get about an eighth of an inch, and that happens in a very quick period of time. It does not penetrate any further than that. Same with every other seasoning with the exception of salt. It does not penetrate the meat, period. You could leave it in there for a year. It ain't going to matter unless, you know, I mean, at that point, the meat starts to deteriorate, and then it's going to be able to get into all the crevices of deteriorated meat. But the point is, there's just a, a certain way that things have been done. And I think a lot of the guys on the radio, these guys have been doing this for a long time. And they've been doing it back in the day when you didn't really have a lot of information to go off of. What you had is what you watched on TV, and then you had your hot takes after the fact. And that's it. And that's all radio's ever been for a long time. There is so much granular data out there today that can give you a fuller perspective. There's so much, I mean, there's so many websites, there's so many brilliant people that have done so many brilliant things to help us, help enlighten us to how to view football correctly and I'm, of course i'm not saying I, I know these things but i try to lean on these things you know people people make fun of me for leaning on pff but it's like i you know how stupid it would be for me to try to pretend that i know better than they do that what i watched while i was sitting there with my biased glasses on of course not watching almost anybody on the football team i'm watching my quarterback throw a pass and blah blah blah, blah. To, to pretend that i was able to watch every player on every play and be able to absorb all that information. I mean, I've even gone back and done my own grading. And and what does that mean compared to PFF? Am I right or are they right? They're probably more right than I am. So what is the point of what I'm doing? To completely discredit the armies of people that do nothing but analyze the NFL for us. The articles that, I, that I've showed you about data, especially with the running backs. I've, I've, I've poured through what, like seven different articles? The only reason I can bring that to you is because some other people over the years have done you know, massive quantities of data. And, and because they've been collecting so much data, and the more they collect and the more that data gets analyzed, the more you realize certain things. And we've already talked about how the NFL is behind, but I think the media is even further behind. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of these guys are pure clickbait. They don't care. There's no point because they know nobody's going to be massively interested. I mean, there, there's a pocket of people that want that, but for, for the, the, the masses, for the most casual fans, they don't necessarily want that. But I don't think that's entirely the case for all the media. I don't really think the guys, especially local media who are doing this, they're not going viral. I never even heard of these guys. I don't know who they were, aside from I, I saw everybody makes fun of um, Homer on Twitter. Like, once every couple months, like, there's this big thing. He'll say something on Twitter, and everybody loses their mind and gets mad at him. And to be honest, I kind of liked him for that one reason. Every time somebody collectively starts to gang up on someone, I'm like, you know what? I like that guy. Screw you guys. How about that? I'm just weird that way. But I, I, I mean, he's, he's, he's not going by. When, when was the last time he was on the national news for anything? Same with Wildy and Tausch. I mean, come on. They're not, they're in their little bubble just like I'm in my bubble. Everybody has their own little audience and you stay within that audience. So you can have positive hot takes or negative hot takes. You're just choosing what you want to do. I don't think it's meant to just be clickbaity. I think this is just genuinely how they think. And I think part of the issue is 
I don't think they really venture out. Part of it might just be arrogance from a standpoint of, I've been doing this a long time, I know better than you, so I, I know what my eyes tell me, and my eyes tell me this, and therefore I'm right. But again, as I've said, the more you actually try to learn, the more you realize you don't know, and the more you want to lean on all these different things. It's the more, the more I look into data, the more I want to lean heavily into data. The more you, you learn about scheme and all these things, the, the less you want to react with like a, you idiot, you still want to, and certainly during a game you do. Like, oh, you freaking moron! But, but I'm certainly more cautious of trying to put that on social media because you're going to have your Dusty Evelys or your, you know, whoever's that are going to come out and be like, well, let's break down the, this, this thing or, you know, Clayton will do it or Kurt Bankert will do it or whatever. And sometimes I don't agree, right? And Kurt Bankert is the one, that one play, I will never, ever, ever in a million years believe what he said about Christian Watson was not open. He had nobody within 15 yards of him. But some of the other ones, I mean, when you actually listen to what they're saying, um, I know there was a one, I forget exactly what it was, but th there have been times when I thought a thing, and then when you really think about it, or when somebody kind of breaks it down, like, look, if, if he would have thrown that, this, that, or the, it's like, eh, yeah, I guess, kind of makes sense. Or, you know, you get mad at Savage or Stokes or Jair, and you realize, well, when you break down, and, and then they go into like a 45-minute thing, and it's like, freaking hey, man, I, I, okay, fair enough, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm not saying just, you know, everything they say is right, because you'll talk to somebody else who will have a different opinion, and I've done that before, where I'll, I'll you know, I'll send out a video, I'm like, what, what, what happened here? And the answer is like, I don't know, but I think it was probably this. And somebody else says, well, I don't know, but I think it was probably that, actually. So, I don't know. It, 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 it's not really, it's kind of beside the point anyways. I just think, I think that a lot of these guys have convinced themselves that they are really, really, really super football intelligent. And that they're so massively intelligent, they don't really need to dig into much of the data or to actually learn more about football. Uh, some of them have even gotten to the point of being so arrogant that they feel that they can just take a couple clips from the Kansas City game, um, their understanding of his college performance, and their um, misunderstanding of what happened in training camp and draw a complete conclusion. And again, I don't have any issue with saying it's making me nervous because it's making me nervous. But I'm not going to take it to the extent of telling you I know anything, because I don't. Again, we have significantly more de uh, um, information on Justin Fields. We have two years of him being one of the worst quarterbacks. I mean, I, to, I don't think there's ever been a quarterback played as bad as he has for two years and got a third year to play. I don't think that that's an incorrect statement. I don't know that he isn't going to break out this year. He very well could. I don't know. I don't know. Some guys break out year seven. Jordan Love hasn't even had year one yet. I know that wasn't the conversation at, at, at hand. I, I just, that, that's all I can really think. And I know that, that generally it's all about clickbaity, but I don't, I don't think it is for, for everything. Some, sometimes it is, especially the, the more major national guys, because they have really big audiences. And if, if, they, if they get one thing to kind of stick, it really ramps up. I mean, we all have like semi-viral things that happen. Um, but virality kind of depends on how big you are. For some of us, it might be like, you know, I got like 14 likes on that. Like that was a big one or, or several hundred or thousand or whatever. Th these guys, it'll get up into the millions if they get something big. So yeah, they're, they're looking for the clickbaity thing. Guys like Homer barely even use their Twitter. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to go viral. So yeah, they, they, they just have their opinions based on the assumption that I don't need to learn. I don't really need to in my opinion, seemingly, they don't really need to actually sit down and think these things through. 
Because I, I, I can't imagine that that anybody would actually sit down for a minute and contemplate these things and, and not come to different conclusions. But, you know, whatever. Um, it just, it is what it is. My only question is going to be, what happens when there is a, a changing of the guard? As younger people start to fill in the positions of, of radio. We're, we're starting to see that already. I don't really listen to radio, but I know that there are younger guys who are getting jobs. Like, um... Schneidman, he's still with The Athletic, but he got hired by a local station to provide local coverage. Um, Strofe, I think is his name. I saw he was filling in at one point for Wildey and Tausch as like the, the, he's kind of like behind the scenes, but who knows, maybe someday he ends up sitting in a seat being one of those guys. My concern is they're going to learn from the people and, and just carry on this tradition of, of doing a bad job, as opposed to actually saying, you know what? I am more of a younger, more modern person who grew up with technology, who grew up with, you know, 17 different tabs of 17 different websites that provide data and context, and I've spent my life learning football, not just talking about it and assuming that I'm getting smarter over the years. I mean, the, the guy at the frickin' bar down the street who doesn't know anything about football, he does the same thing you do. He just doesn't have as big of an audience. He's talking to two of his buddies sucking down some beers. You're supposed to be the expert, though. You're supposed to be the one that knows better than the guy at the frickin' corner bar down the street. Because he's got a full-time job, and your full-time job is to understand the Green Bay Packers. And then, to have the arrogance, I, I would assume, I don't know, I'm guessing if somebody brought up, hey, why don't you reference PFF or, or Football Outsiders or any of this, they would scoff as though it was beneath them because their infinite knowledge is so much further than these armies of people putting together actual data that can be used to formulate an intelligent opinion. Anyways, thanks for the call, Garrett. Oh, my God, Ryan. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Tim in Tim. Green Bay. It, you are literally the voice of my screaming, angry fan soul. <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but I know exactly, exactly who you were referring to on the pod earlier today. Um, I mean, maybe out of touch is spot on, man, because my God, the last thing on earth this team needs is a veteran wide receiver. Dear Lord, thank you, Ryan Schlipp. Thank you, Packernet, for telling the truth as always. Go Pack, go. And again, th this isn't me trying to be clairvoyant, saying that I know that the guys we have are, are better. I'm not entirely sure what we're referring to, but I'll, I'll just piggyback off that. Knowing that a veteran wide receiver isn't going to help the team, right? But it, it's just a matter of, can we just try to be semi-intelligent about stuff, right? I mean, formulate a complete, I mean, just finish a thought. Finish a thought! To just say, well, why don't you bring in a veteran? Who? You, that's not a complete thought. A veteran is not a person. There's nobody you can sign named a veteran. How much does it cost to sign a veteran? How much cap space does a veteran require? How many year contracts? I mean, how old is a veteran? Do we know this person? Are they good at football? They are wide receivers, right? I've never heard of this person. I've searched. Um, uh, let me let me check PFF here really quickly for a veteran. Yep, nobody by the name of veteran. Uh, PFF's entire database going back to like 2005 doesn't know of any players named Veteran, so I'm not sure who this person is. And I'm not sure what they can provide because I don't have a lot of details about Ah Veteran. It's not a complete thought. This is no different than all the whiny Packer fans who are upset that we haven't done more. What? What? Done what? Done what? What? TJ Watt? Is that what you want to talk about? You want to talk about TJ Watt? 
You want to cry into your pillow one more night about TJ freaking Watt or T. Higgins, who nobody in Green Bay wanted? Zero people wanted Higgins. I can read you the list of people that Packer fans wanted, and it wasn't T. Higgins, you freaking bunch of whiny liars. Ah, veteran is not a solution to a problem. It's not even a real question. Why don't you formulate the question rightly? Why don't you say, what would be wrong with bringing in T.Y. Hilton? And then why don't you explore that a little bit on your, t- on your program that you're talking about? Not just y- the, the GM is failing by, by, because we have young players. No, actually formulate an, an entire plan that you feel is better than the Green Bay Packers plan. I mean, come on, you've, what do you got, three hours to fill? You can't even give one example? The Green Bay Packers should sign T.Y. Hilton. Here's how old he is. Here are his recent statistics. Here is my projection for him this year, and here is why I think it would be worth bringing him in, despite the fact that he's going to take away snaps from our number one wide receiver, and our number two and number three, and all these guys are going to get less. Here are the pros, here are the cons, and here is why I feel it would be the best option. You are so far away from formulating even a semi-complete thought. That it's just astonishing that people choose to listen to you. Like, I want to just be able to blast out on a megaphone to people all throughout the state of Wisconsin who tune in to AM radio. And and again, I think this is probably an older cultural thing. Like, listen, I know this is what you've always done. And I know when I talk to people about podcasts, like, well, how does that work? What do I do? Like, is that like an app that you get? Is there an app? We we need to make podcasts more... um, easy to find. You know what I mean? Like, we, we need to pump those into AM radio somehow. Or, maybe we need to start a new radio station. An AM radio station that just cycles through Packers podcasts. We can start, like, it's just a 24-hour thing. We got all the Packernet ones, we get the Pack-A-Day, they, they got a bunch of content, we get Bukowski on there, we get all of them, and we just cycle them through. Because people need to realize what the heck is out there. I mean, eh... You guys got to start doing yourself, your, your family members a, uh, a, a favor and telling them you are stuck in zombie land listening to this radio station. Tell them how to get podcasts on their phone pumped in through their car stereos. Because there's a lot of people listening to AM radio just getting all this stuff that it's like you're not even getting anything. There's no information here. Saying we should get a veteran is like saying, hey, we should be better this year. You mean like then last year? No, I mean we should just be better than we are. What? Yeah, like you know how good we are right now? Like we're we're like at this level. We should be higher. We should be better than than what we are. Uh, okay. And by the way, I've thought that every year of my life. Every year of my life I've thought, here's how good we are. We should be better. Super Bowl contenders? No. We should be Super Bowl favorites. Super Bowl favorites? No, we should be a Super Bowl lock. Super Bowl lock? No, they should just hand us the trophy now. We should just be better. These, these, these aren't thoughts. We're not doing anything. We're wasting everybody's time. Hey, Ryan. It's Peter Thomas from Milwaukee. Howdy. On the subject of Ryan's and Brian, mm-hmm. I can only imagine that it's just as annoying for Brian's to be called brain. <laughs> because it auto-corrects the I and the A. Anyways, they got a whole different situation on their hands. That's true. <laughs> Anyways, hope you're well. I never, I never thought about the auto-correct thing. Like, I'm pretty sure Ryan just stays Ryan. I can't think. Like, I've never had something sent to me that wasn't Ryan because that's kind of its own thing. That would be a good question. What is an auto-correct for your name? 
Because I'm assuming you would know, you know? Because people are constantly texting you that thing and like, oh, sorry, autocorrect. Like, yes, I know. I freaking know. Okay, I get this seven times a day. I don't care. Stop. Stop explaining it to me. Hey, y'all. This is uh, Dakota, that nerd in Tennessee, and What's I haven't up? called in forever. Probably shouldn't be calling now because I don't really have anything to say. Okay, um, that's true. Just, uh, I know that my son wants to call in because he wants to hear his voice on a podcast, but I told him he has to he has to figure out a question to ask. All right. So, uh, that's what we're we're going to probably do that this evening. But I, I'm way behind on these podcasts because I'm working freaking ridiculously. And uh, I just heard the one where I guess it's, it's the podcast that came out the day before the full pattern practice. So I don't know, two days ago, something like that. Anyway, you mentioned, Ryan, that uh, you don't want any pretty boys out there flipping their hair around. Well, yep. I mean... Hey, 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 first of all, don't even bring up Clay. That's a different thing. Don't even do it. All right? Clay was different. That was, I mean, first of all, you didn't see boy band. That's like 80s hair metal, and that's a different thing. 80s hair metal, they're, they're, they're kind of pretty boys, but they'll also jump off the stage and beat you over the head with a beer bottle. All right? It's a different kind of thing. So don't even start with the Clay Matthews stuff if that's where you're planning on going caught up with Packernet after dark. Somebody probably already mentioned this, but Clay Walker was the king of hair flipping. He had so much. Clay Walker or Clay Matthews? Hair, dear Lord, it was long and blonde, and I'm sure he modeled somewhere. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think we have um, nope. a good history with them hair flipping. Uh, nope. You know. It's kind of like back in the day when we had all the the guys with the dreads. We had like three DBs with dreads. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not calling them pretty boys. You know what I mean? I understand. Like he did the whole thing, spraying his hair and all that. But that dude was a freaking psychopath. I mean, he tried to hurt people. He legitimately was crazy. And again, Lucas Van Ness can do the same thing if he goes on the field and he's trying to, uh, you know, give Kevin Cobb a concussion repeatedly by deliberately dragging his head through the grass. We can we can possibly have a, a separate discussion, but I'm just saying, you're you're talking mullets and uh, '80s hair metal band hair. That's different than like TikTok, sixteen year old boys. Okay, don't even don't even quarterback chasers. I'm I'm all about that. Uh, but uh, anyway, I'm gonna continue to catch up and leave you be and not take up too much of your time with literally useless banter. All right, y'all. Peace. <laughs> Hey Ryan, Steve up in Alaska. Uh, just taking a little break. I just got done finishing uh, shredding 200 pounds of pork shoulder. Yes. I got one more run of that to do this year, about a month from now. It's a lot of pork shoulder. Um, I'm just calling in. Uh, um, Colin Coward is, is at it again. He's already he's already decided that we're gonna be a top 10 pick because Jordan Love. There's just no way he can do it. Um, which is great according to him because next year there's going to be all these wonderful quarterbacks that have never done anything in the NFL, but they're going to be so much better than the guy that we have now who has not yet seen play in the NFL. Um, <clears throat> and now he's a big brown noser of Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is just doing all the most amazing things in the world. He, he's a shaman and, you know, because he, he did that whole darkness retreat and it's enlightened him and opened his mind and made him such a better person. It's just such garbage to listen to. Um, 
great to have you have you to listen to to counterbalance his, his foolishness. But uh, yeah, it's, it's you know I'm I'm just, I'm looking forward to seeing what the season does for us. I'm you know I'm hopeful that we get what we want out of it. Um, I'm happy here that the defense is doing well. I, I figured that there's going to be some growing pains with the offense, being that um, as far as I can tell, they're the younger unit. Um, I know that seems strange, but I, I think we have more of a veteran presence on the on the defensive side than we do on the offensive side. So. They need to look good. If they look bad right now, I would be really worried about the team's future coming into this next year, more so than I feel if the offense doesn't look so great, because I think it will come around where the defense really needs to be there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, we got a, we got the Hall of Fame game coming up. Not like it's a big deal, but it'll be actual football, NFL football to watch. Uh, something I want to, Mention, uh, you and Omar have been, or Omar had told you to watch, um, Big Trouble in Little China, and I heard you guys talking about it. There's a, there's a factor that I think you guys overlooked that I, that I think just makes this, that movie just so amazing and so great. Um, what is his name? Um, Kurt Russell's character in the movie, um, Jack Burton. Jack Burton in the movie, if you watch it and pay attention, he thinks he's the hero. Okay, he believes he's the guy that's going to go and do all the amazing things and save everybody. But he's actually the sidekick. He's always missing the fight. You know, he, he loses his knife at the one fight. He knocks himself out in another fight. And he only kills the bad guy, the big bad guy at the end, because he gets lucky. So <laughs> that's, I love that movie. I think it's so awesome. But time's almost up, man. You take it easy. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, I mean, um, if you're if you're in the mood for some 80s nostalgia... Or if, you know, you grew up having watched that movie, it's, it's enjoyable. If neither of those two things are true, you're probably not going to like the movie very much. The, the only other category are Mortal Kombat fans who want to see the origin story, which I guess I kind of fall into that category. I mean, the, the, the movie is ridiculous, but I appreciate a little bit the nostalgia and um, trying to pick through the, the Mortal Kombat, original Mortal Kombat characters is actually pretty dope. But yeah, man, I'm with you as far as hoping for the best for the season. Um, yeah, I mean, and again, yeah, the defense looks good. Or the defense is terrible, but the offense is just worse. Or, you know, I mean, who, who knows? But um, I, I think the only good thing about, for example, even things like um, like Packers Family Night is we get to see it for ourselves. Aside from a couple leaked videos, you know, you, I, I read you the tweets and I read them before I read them to you. And all we can do is kind of use our imagination to envision what that looks like. And so, you know, Rob Domofsky, for example, came out and basically said Jordan Loves looked like trash. Like he had one good, one good day and then one good throw another day, which I already know is not true because, again, the best throw that I saw was not the bomb to Christian Watson. That's a pretty basic throw that every quarterback in the NFL can make. It's still a nice throw, but there is not a single quarterback that cannot make that throw. The throw that he threw to Jaden Reed that was dropped is a throw that not every quarterback can make. That was an unbelievably impressive throw that, in recent memory... That looked more like Pat Mahomes than anything else. Not saying he's Pat Mahomes. I'm just saying if you're going to sit here and, and talk about his his couple of nice throws and not mention that one, I can't help but think that you're not necessarily being completely unbiased. But at the same time, I don't know. Maybe it's everybody else that's being biased. Maybe guys like Herman and whatnot are just being way too nice and they're being too complimentary and actually he's looking terrible and they're not really mentioning all the bad stuff as, mentioned, as much as they're mentioning the positive stuff. I don't know because I'm not there. I would hope that we're just getting the best possible information. I mean, I know they're they're tweeting out 
you know, he threw, it was too high or too low or too this or too that. So I feel like we're getting it as it comes in, mostly just all the correct information. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. So it'll be nice to be able to see it for myself and for yourself so that we can, so, so that if I watch it and I'm like, dude, Jordan looked great and Rob Domofsky comes out and he's like, he looked like trash again. It's like, okay, then you just, you're freaking on your own thing over there. That's fine. Or if most of Packers Twitter, you know, the, the, the beat guys are like, oh man, he looks so good, all this stuff. And I watched it and I'm like, mm, I'm not so sure about that. Then, you know, goes in the other direction. But that'll be the nice thing as far as, as being able to see these things. And of course, joint practices will be fantastic. That's coming up. It looks like on Wednesday, the, the 9th. By the way, make sure you find the uh, Packernet uh, 2023 Packers training camp guide. It's the only one worth having. When I Google it, I, I go to, I mean, wh- wherever you can find one. I mean, the, the, the Packers have an official one, and it's, it's I don't want to say useless, but it just is not helpful at all. And it, I just, it's really hard to find information. And then you got to make sure you find the most up-to-date, because these things are constantly changing, the dates and the times and all that stuff. And nobody's, up, you know, it's like, okay, so this says these times, whatever, whatever. Um, this one was published July 19th. Well, that might not be recent enough. Just go to the... Packernet 2023 Green Bay Packers Training Guide. It tells you everything you need to know. Actually, no, this is Packernet After Dark, so today is Saturday for you. I apologize. I'm, I'm just, I'm all over the place. Anyways, uh, again, Monday, open practice, which means fans can be there, 12.30 p.m. Wednesday, joint open practice at Cincinnati, 2.15 p.m. Even the, even the other schedules don't even, they don't even list Wednesday. It doesn't even say that anywhere. It just shows Friday with no time. It just shows a picture of the Bengals logo. Like, okay, I guess Friday is the one day? Like, I don't understand. Nope. Wednesday, joint open practice at Cincinnati, 2.15 p.m. Friday, Cincinnati Bengals away, 6 o'clock p.m. That's the preseason game. Same with the Patriots. It doesn't say, it just shows the preseason game. Like, well, where is the joint practice? Like, I, I thought we were, nope. That's Wednesday, Thursday with the Patriots the very next week. So just go get it so that you can keep track of it. And I, I'm, I'm just going to print all this stuff out so that I have it because I'm tired of trying to relook these things up. And I know I'm going to close this tab in about two seconds. But anyways, yeah, it's, it's going to be good because we're going to start to to actually get some better information here real soon, starting again. Uh, ten, uh, I guess I guess you already saw it. It's just starting tonight with whatever did happen already. And then Wednesday, we got the Bengals. Friday, we got the Bengals. The Wednesday after that, we got the Patriots. Thursday, and then, and then Saturday is the Patriots again. So we got one, two, three, four, five. Then we got Seahawks. So we got we got six solid, you know, inter-team practices. It'll it'll give a much better picture what's going on. And I love I I know the team hates or the the players hate the joint practices and whatnot. I'm really glad we're doing it. I understand the injuries, you know, and I'm I'm going to get skewered for this personally if guys get injured and that may happen. But I love that we do it because it does give so much better information. And the fact that we're going to play the Patriots essentially three times, right? We have two practices in a game. And then the Bengals twice, and then the Seahawks once. It's, again, it's what, seven different or six different practices or games or whatever, and three different teams. So it's not just like, you know, a potentially fluky thing. Like, well, the defense played bad, but it was mostly second string, and we didn't get to... No, we're going to have a pretty good picture what's working and what's not. So I am very, very, very excited about all that stuff. So we got practice, and then joint practice, then Bengals game, then practice then joint then joint then patriots game then open practice open practice seahawks game then on the 29th the roster cut down to 53 
I don't know when exactly they begin that. I'm guessing it'll mostly be between the Seahawks game and the, um, uh, you know, the, the 29th when it has to be finalized, but they'll probably start even before that. And then the 30th is when we can sign players to the practice squad. And that will be it. That is the conclusion of essentially the offseason. Then we take a break, we recap, we uh, ask a couple questions, make sure we're ready to rock and roll, and we got the freaking Bears game. Oh man, my stomach is tight nuts, I'm not ready. Oh, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> Why don't we take a break? We'll be back with more questions and things. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, Ryan. Uh, calling back because you sent two of my calls. What's up? So rudely. Yeah, um, I'm glad you skipped along because it's about the running back stuff, which has been beating like a dead horse. Um, and the second one, though, was about Matt Ryan. There's been a lot of talk like, oh, maybe we'll bring Matt Ryan in. Why isn't he retired yet? Um, the only reason, the CBS, don't quote me on that, but I think it's CBS. He is going to be a TV deal. Okay. Um, but when the Colts traded for him, they owe him $12 million this year. Uh, even. But it's only if he active. It's only if he seeks NFL employment. It's very weird language. So, of course, he's going to say he's open to a uh, return because if he just up and retired, he, the Colts wouldn't have to pay him twelve million this year. Um, okay. So by pretending like he's open to returning and playing in the NFL, uh, the Colts have to pay him twelve million dollars. Which I don't blame him. I'd do the same thing. Give me my twelve million. <laughs> Wait, so he? It's it's kind of like uh, unemployment. You just have to pretend you're looking for work and you get paid. That's kind of crazy. Um, but anyway, I don't think Matt Ryan's happening. Maybe if it's later in the season and we have a chance and Love got hurt and it's like, hey, let's go on a Super Bowl run. It'd be hard for any uh, quarterback who's retired to turn that down. But um, yeah, I think he's done. Uh, anyway, just wants to cash in. Go yeah, go. yeah, that makes sense. Um, again, I, I swear I had heard that. Like, he's got some big payday. He's going to go on TV. And then I Google it and it's just, there's nothing. And everybody's just like, oh, he's a free agent. You know, he's still floating around out there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if and, and for all we know, the Packers would absolutely love to have him in here, but he's like, yeah, dude, sorry. But it, it is kind of like a weird unemployment thing where you can't just say, no, I'm not doing it, because that could come back and bite you as far as the contra contractual things. I'm just assuming based on what you said. Um, 
And so you'd have to kind of be like, yeah, I'll weigh my options and then just hang up the phone and never call back. But, um, yeah, appreciate you filling me in on that. Brian, Kyle from Madison, how are you? Howdy. Hey, now this is not, I, please don't misunderstand. This is not in, in, in any way throwing shade on Jersey Mike. I already misunderstand. But I just want to chime in on the, let's go 140. First of all, sounds like Jersey Mike, you can now officially try out for the Minnesota Vikings. He might be on the room as you met. Yeah, we, we should check the roster. He might already be on it, actually. Um, while you're talking, I'll go ahead and check. The only requirement, which is driving 140 miles an hour everywhere you go. So congratulations. Uh, I just, uh, without feeling like some old man, you know, schooling people on the on driving safety, I. You know, if you want to go 140 on a country road, you know, and you've got, you've mitigated your risk as much as possible with equipment, you know, have at it. I would just say, and someone that drives a lot for a living, there are two things you can't mitigate. You know, one is how stupid other people are. Right. And as much as I subscribe to the philosophy that just like a sharp knife is a safe knife, I think a fast car is a safe car. There are morons everywhere, and even driving the speed limit is extremely dangerous. People don't know how to drive. They're on their phone. And if you're going to go 140 in the left lane, I mean, you can't mitigate against someone just freaking merging into you <laughs> without looking. And at 140 miles an hour, I mean, it's an, it just exponentially gets messier. But also, you know, I would just say, like, our, you know, the human mind is amazing. And it's a creature of reaction and calculation. You know, if I fall off a stool, my body will calculate, you know, if I'm one foot off the ground, it, it already makes the calculations of when to not lock my knees because when it's going to hit the ground and at two inches, my knees bend to brace my fall. You know, they're reactions. It's, it's, they're hard to unlearn. It's why boxing fakes work so well, even though you know they're coming. And I worry, you know, if you go in that speed in the left lane and somebody does a head check, their reaction is, well, that, pro- that person is probably going, you know, between 65 and 80 miles an hour, right? And if they don't realize you're going over twice that speed, you know, you're going to close that distance so much faster and suddenly what maybe was three car lengths becomes zero car lengths. And, uh, you know, I... I I want you on the planet, Jersey Mike. So take care of yourself out there and just be a little more defensive, buddy. All right. Much love. Bye. Yeah, I mean, I first of all, I think everybody that's done 140 has done it, assuming that they they know that they're really good drivers. Um, but there are variables, you know, when you're going 140 as far. And I know you mentioned, like, you got special tires and special brakes and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, the the... Risk of your death certainly goes up at 140 from where it was when you were doing 60. You know what I mean? And you're and he's right about the the issue may be less to do with you. Yeah, you know, I mean reaction time comes into it as well. Somebody has a, a freaking tire blow off. Well, if you're doing 60, you probably can slow down or get out of the way. But that uh, that tire goes from on the truck to through your windshield a lot faster. When you're doing 140, so yeah, there are certain things that are just out of your control, um, and just makes it harder for you to be alive. So I'm with Kyle. I, I I would vote for you to just not do that anymore. But I'm sure it sounds like you've spent a lot of money for the um, privilege of being able to do that. So I'm guessing you won't 
stop doing that. At least make sure you hook me up with the name of it. Put put in your will that um, there's there's like a lockbox full of of information, and in that lockbox is like all the guys that you know from back home, like the uh, the Italian guys, like your pizza guy and your sauce guy, sausage guy, all all your guys. Just just a box gets sent to my house with with names and numbers. It's kind of like that scene in uh, The Professional when the guy dies and the little girl goes to the guy's restaurant and he gives the whole spiel about like, you know, I'll hold on to your money. This is like a bank, but it's better than the bank. Banks get knocked off all the time. Nobody knocks off old Tony. Time to time you need a little bit of money. You come to me, you know, that whole thing. Those guys. Give me those guys' numbers. But, you know, also be careful. Hey, Ryan, it's Garrett. Uh, just wanted to uh, throw out a new nickname for uh, Rob Demosky. Sure. Uh, let's uh, refer to him as Rob Dementor with okay. a little hint of uh, Michael Scott accent on that one. <laughs> uh, I can't stand this guy either. Um, I got to get off this negative train. There's so many people that are just, uh, just bringing down my outlook of how this team is by just even giving them one second of my attention. So uh, I'm going to turn my attention to something else, and it's a public service announcement to all the Packer uh, Packernet listeners, and uh, what it has to do with is uh, the speeding issue. Um, as you know, I've, I've also been a sheriff's deputy since 2016, and I have to say I've had on unfortunate occasions come upon uh, accidents that I've been called out to that uh, do not have good endings. Um, it's an unfortunate thing that does happen when people act recklessly. Sometimes it's, it is a true accident, um, but more often than not, it's pretty easy to tell by the scene of the accident what, uh, what created the problem in the first place and how it ended up. And uh, there goes one right now. on one occasion, I did come upon a motorcycle accident that uh, had, unfortunately, the two passengers on the motorcycle uh, lost control and crossed the center line and went into a semi. Uh, both of these people uh, actually were decapitated, and uh, it was not, a good, it was not uh, something that was easily forgotten. And all I can say is uh, just giving people... A word of advice, uh, nothing good happens over 100 miles an hour. Um, nothing good happens when you exceed a speed limit that is there for your safety and set there for your safety. Um, and it's just one of those things where I see more often than not, uh, it's more often the innocent bystanders that are hurt more than the person who's guilty of speeding in the first place or driving recklessly. So always keep in mind your actions do affect others. Let's do the responsible thing. Uh, if you want to speed, by all means, go find a track somewhere. Otherwise, uh, let's just let's do the responsible thing. I'm out. Today is Jersey Mike Intervention Day. So, <laughs> Jersey Mike, you're going to need to sit down. Just understand, we're, we're here because we love you, okay? We just we just want to read a couple letters to you, tell you some things, and you know what you do after that is up to you. We do have a van waiting outside. 
ready to take you to a uh, facility, but you you go on uh, your own accord. I can't make you go. wonder if there is a Speeders Anonymous. I'm guessing there is not. Thrill Junkies Anonymous? I'm not sure. But yeah, again, as, as far as Rob Domofsky, the issue is I don't know that he's wrong. I would need these guys to come together and be like, you've sorted out. The problem is Andy Herman kind of did that, but he didn't. I didn't finish watching it because it seemed to be just a lot of hemming and hawing, but it was it was it seemed like he was trying to say both Rob Domofsky is right and his reporting that Jordan has looked good is right at the same time because he didn't want to step on Rob Domofsky's toes, which wasn't massively helpful to me because it didn't answer the question, is he right or is he wrong? So I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's been happening. I would love it if somebody would just step up and be like, dude, Rob's full of crap. He's looked good. But apparently nobody wants to do that because among Packers beat reporters, I think Rob Domofsky is, because he works for ESPN, he's seen as like a god there or something. I don't really know. Plus, it's all about relationships once you get into that inner circle and you don't want to hurt your relationships. I don't care enough. That's why I'm never going to get into the inner circle because I've, I've said things about, I, I just say what I think. And I'm always going to say what I think. It's why no Packers are ever going to come on my show. It's why none of the beat guys like me. It's why Rob's already blocked me. I don't care. Right, probably not getting on the radio because all the radio guys, if if you know, if they hear this podcast or any of the from the last couple weeks, I'm gonna get blacklisted from that. But it freaking is what it is, man. I just wish people would just say what it is, worrying about what people think all the time. But I don't know. Maybe Rob's right. That that's the only takeaway I can have since nobody wants to stand up to Rob and correct him that I've seen. I have no recourse but to say that every single person that I've been reading from has been lying and Rob is right, or at least mischaracterizing things. Several days I've heard that Jordan Love has been a solid football player. I've heard multiple wow throws. I've seen videos of all this stuff. Like it, it, it hasn't been great every day, but it's certainly been great more than one day. But since, again, nobody has said anything to say that Rob is wrong, I have really no recourse but to assume that Rob is right, and he's maybe the only one speaking truth here. Maybe Jordan's been terrible, and, and everybody else has been too scared to say it, and Rob came out and say it, and he's the only one that's telling the truth. I don't know. I'm not there. I'm, I'm, I'm counting on them to tell me what's going on, and I, I, now I don't know. Maybe they should have a little roundtable. Everybody get together and just hash it out. Somebody made a comment. I don't know because he blocks me, but somebody made a comment that Rob kind of walked back his statements. So in other words, he goes on, on uh, major media and trashes Jordan Love because that's a cool thing to do. And then he comes back to his local roots and he's like, oh, no, no, never mind. I don't know. I don't know what happened. If that happened, tell me. Don't don't quote me on it because I can't read what he wrote anyways. But screenshot it or something. I don't know. But again, I'm just sitting here with my hands up going, freaking, I don't know anymore, man. I don't know. What am I supposed to do now? I'm here and he's having a pretty good day. But then Wildy's saying he looks like garbage and Homer says he's garbage and Rob Domofsky says he's garbage. Okay, well, I yeah, I don't know, man. That's Again, this is why I can't wait to watch it for myself. Because then I don't have to care what anybody else thinks. If he has a good day and the crotchety people want to say he had a bad day, I don't care. And, and honestly, again, there was, there was a day last year, as I've mentioned before, where everybody said he had a great day and I didn't think it was all that good. It's my opinion, it's your opinion, whatever, but at least we can have our own opinions as opposed to being given opinions, I guess. Hey, Ryan, Seth. Howdy. Um, listening to your podcast about the salary cap and how few contracts actually make it to fruition. Yeah. And, um, 
this will never happen, but I really wish that they would re redo how the salary cap works and how contracts are allowed to be done. Um, you know, make it so um, there's no void years and make it so you can't stretch the money out so much that it be fake. So, you know, it makes sense for the money to be tiered. Say someone's in a hundred contract, it makes sense for it to, you know, start at 1920 and each year with the, the expected market growth. Um, um, so like that part of it makes I'm missing all the important parts here. You're breaking up. Sense, but make it so it can't be, you know, more than 10% less or 10% change year over year or something like that for 25%. So if they can't do, you know, a hundred million contract that is 10 million for the first four years, 60 million for the last year. And they, and you know, and they anticipate cutting them before the last year. So you have that fake contract on there, so to speak. That'd be great. I also actually, well, here's kind of my thought on it. I think it's mostly just fake for us. You know, I mean, it, it's. I don't think it's fake for the players. If it's fake for the players, then they have an agent that needs to be fired. The agent's job is to communicate exactly what's going on. Um, there needs to be a very clear understanding of, like, here, here are the details that matter. Here's the total money. Here's the guaranteed money. Here is, there's, there's a figure called likely to be earned. You know, here's the likely to be earned money. You know, in case of injury, here's the situation. I mean, all this stuff gets laid out for the player. All the, the the major numbers are fake for us. And, you know, you know I, the, the fact that we don't understand it is an us problem. You know what I mean? Yes, it's a little bit more complicated, but, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to restructure the way NFL contracts are done because people are, I don't want to say too lazy because I don't even understand half of it, but... Because we, we just refuse to understand, like, in other words, I want it to be, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but I want it to be that when you say 10 years, 50 million, then that's what it is, period. Okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to take away negotiating power from both sides because this provides, there's so much flexibility to make a deal work. I'm not going to remove that just for the sake of I want my life to be a little bit easier so that I can just see it and know what it is. You know, do what you got to do. I don't care. Whatever, whatever you both agree upon. I, I don't see any reason to put limitations on that. You know what I mean? Like, what, what... Both sides need to agree. Do whatever you want to do. You know, and even, even the, uh, the void years are somewhat fake. They're not able to push money out. They're, they're, you, you cannot, um, you know, extend a contract five years beyond when they're gone because it all gets accelerated into the final year anyways. And you say, well, what's the point of adding all those years if it basically, we're not even adding it, we're just tacking it onto the end. Well, it just, it just changes the math. Because however many years you, you spread it out over is how many years you're dividing that total by. So if I give you a $20 million bonus and there's you know, two years left on your deal, you know, this year and next year, well, then that would just mean that I'm, you just cut it in half. That $10 million is $5 million this year and $5 million next year. But if we do it over 10 years, then it's one year, which means I would pay one million this year and nine million next year. They make it look like it's one, 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 one all the way down, but it's not. You're not paying a million for the next ten years. When they're gone, you you have to pay in full, which means it accelerates into that final year. So it's just a cap trick. We're we're pretending there's void years. 
But really, it's just a way of saying, I'll pay, uh, I'm going to give you $10 million in cash. The cap will reflect that we're going to pay one year, one million this year and nine, we're just pushing nine million into next year. That's all we're really doing. So it's, it's just, it's maneuvering it to make it seem more complicated than it really is. It's just a, a, a trick of saying, I'm going to take nine million and push it into next year. That's what we're actually doing. And, and, and that's the point. Like the, the contracts, they say one thing, they are another thing. But the, both the player, the agent, the team, everybody understands what the real thing is. And, you know, it's a little bit more tricky for us to understand that. But, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to change the way everything is done just to help make it easier for us to understand. I mean, it, it would be, I guess, kind of nice, sort of, although I kind of enjoy digging into it a little bit. Um, but, no, I, I mean, structure it however you want to structure it. As long as both parties agree, then I'm fine with it. We would love if the contracts were fully guaranteed and players just got paid. They should get paid less than to get paid guaranteed money. Yeah, we'll probably just have to cut off the call here. We got another minute and ten seconds left, but you know we're not we're not getting anything out of this. So um, I'll just comment on the fully guaranteed thing. Look, I I, I think. I just think that that makes things more complicated. There are going to be guys who are going to be out of the league unnecessarily because they're just not going to get fully guaranteed contracts or it's just going to be lower. I mean, listen, again, your value is what your value is. So it's not the case that, you know, let's say somebody got a, a again, a five-year, $50 million deal, right? So it's it's a $10 million per year average. But let's say the, the money that the team actually expects to be able to pay out is... Um, you know, 40 and, and they don't really expect him to play that final year. So it's kind of like a four year 40 ish, you know, whatever there's, there's a lot of flexibility in it. It's not true that if we say, okay, all fully guaranteed that he's still going to get that same contract. It's just going to be fully guaranteed. No, it's going to be a significantly less fully gear, you know, fully guaranteed contract. It's, it, you know, maybe it'd be a four year 40 or something like that. Um, but it would probably be even less, especially if it's guaranteed against injury. Now we're now it's going to be significantly less. The point is the value is what it is. So it's it's not really going to change the value. It's just going to change the simplicity for the fans to be able to understand the contract because they get annoyed that whenever a new contract comes out, um, we all make a big deal out of it, and then the cap nerds come along and they're like, "No, actually, you're stupid. That's not what it means." And then we get frustrated because it's like, "Well, that's what they said. I don't know. Shut up." I don't really see the benefit of a fully guaranteed contract. Again, I'm sure the players want it for some reason, but again, they're, they're, it's just going to mean less money because the team's only going to pay what they're going to want to pay. And I think, honestly, you could probably, I could be wrong, I think there's a, there's a higher potential that you can make more money without guaranteed contracts because teams are much more willing to say, you know, again, this is what incentive base is. Like, here is what we're willing to guarantee you. But you can usually have the option or potential to make more than what is guaranteed. That's the thing. I mean, there's already guarantees and contracts, but there's also extra money on top of that. And in, in the case of, hey, assuming you're healthy and playing at a high level, we'll keep you here. You can continue to earn the rest of this money. They're not going to guarantee that just for the fun of it. They're already saying they're not willing to guarantee that. So you're not getting this if we make it fully guaranteed. So I think it's, again, another instance in which, number one, we're taking away negotiating power from the, from the players as well as the teams, which I find to be unnecessary. Let them negotiate freely as, as, as they choose. Give them as much flexibility as possible to be able to come to some kind of creative, you know, and, and there is a lot of creativity involved in, in coming to agreements that just wouldn't be come to 
otherwise. And then, again, I think it's a situation where it, it sounds good from the player's standpoint in terms of, yeah, give me that full of guaranteed money. I think you, there's a good chance you end up making less. You know, and, and again, there's a lot of examples. I mean, some of these guys have, have contracts that are just pumped full of incentives. I mean, I think that was Preston. You know, it's, it's, we're going to give you a low contract, but we're going to stack this thing with incentives. If you take that away, he's only going to get the small contract because nobody's going to give him this massive number when the entire point of the incentive-based contract is you haven't shown your ability to either be healthy or, or you've been a very volatile player and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll pay the, the guy that plays really well. We're not going to pay the guy that doesn't play really well. It just, it, I think it just hurts everything unnecessarily. So I, I have, I mean, as much, as much flexibility as you need, I, I don't really see a problem with it. I mean, we're, we're dealing with two components here. There's cash and there's cap. And and they're they're two different sets of books, but essentially they have to they have to line up in the end. And the money that you put in this guy's pocket has to be fully accounted for by the time this person leaves your team. And so long as that happens, whatever flexibility you find within is fine. And again, assuming the player is fully aware of the contract they're signing, which is the responsibility of the of the agent who is negotiating on his behalf, it's not the it's not the responsibility of the team. They need to come to an agreement. The player needs to be fully aware. Everybody needs to be fully aware. And as long as cash and cap are fully accounted for, according to the salary cap, I don't have any issues with that. Here's Seth again. Let's see if this one comes through a little bit better. Hey, Seth again. Sorry for the two calls in a row. But all this talk about contracts and money, guaranteed money and whatnot, um, I love finances. I work in the finance industry, even though I'm a systems guy. Um, I love investing reading about investing learning to invest uh managing i didn't get my degree but this is the reason i went to uw whitewater for finance my grandma sat me down i didn't know anything about investing she sat me down and um she was kind of just going through some stuff i'm like what the heck is this and she's showing me these different investments and there's all different kinds she's got a bunch of different mutual funds and i'm looking at numbers in the hundreds of thousands each and then she's like, oh, yeah, we, we we're part owners of a restaurant over here. We, we own property in Florida. Like, what? And she just to kind of explain, like, oh, yeah, yeah, like you put money in it and it just grows. And I'm like, what? Like your money just makes money over there? Like, So I, I got super into it and how that all works. Um, she, she and my grandpa owned an accounting firm. So um, they were relatively well aware of how all those things worked and whatnot, uh, bookkeeping service and all that. But yeah, that I, I'm the same way. As soon as I found that stuff out, I was hooked and I wanted into it. And then I went to school and I learned that I liked vodka uh, more than I liked learning about uh, Asian American studies. And then I didn't get my degree. Money, understanding interest, all that stuff. And it just made me think, like I know they, the players have to do mandatory classes about financial you know, wellness or whatever. But I feel like they should have these players go through much more um, intensive pro, you know, classes. You know, first, how to take an agent, how to find a good agent, how to look at the agent's track record. Come on back. All right, we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, to, to what degree is it the NFL's responsibility that the players are responsible with their money? You know what I mean? I mean, what other business is it? I mean, I've I've never worked at a place where they give a crap what I do with my money, and and to some degree, why should they? 
I mean, I understand it's it's caring for your employees, but have you ever worked at a place where they're like, look, we just want to make sure that you know, I mean, I'm guessing most people, honestly, myself included to some degree, although I, I would maybe appreciate it if they brought in like experts, which I know the NFL does. Um, it'd be kind of cool to, to have somebody like teach you finances and stuff. But, you know, at, at the same time, it's kind of like, how would you mind your freaking business? What I do with my money is none of your business. So, I mean, it's, it's, it is purely like charity for the nfl to do this there is no uh, moral obligation by the nfl to make sure that these guys know i mean i know it's a different situation i'm not getting paid tens of millions of dollars but aside from you know having like you know they, they have their team meetings aside from maybe like rookie orientation bringing them in and saying it is very important that you have good people in your life that can help you manage your money that's professional as in professional money people as well as, you know, people, whether that be other veteran players or whatever, that can help you to navigate this because this is going to be a big deal. But I certainly wouldn't put it in terms of obligation that the, the, the team owes the players anything. The, the team's job is to win football games and find players that are really good at playing football. And when you find them, you have to pay them a lot of money. That's just part of the deal. Aside from that, there there really is no obligation. Now, I do think it's in the best interest of the team because you don't want people who are, first of all, flat broke and making all kinds of bad decisions and going out buying tigers and all kinds of stuff. Like, it's it, it could cause some some bad things if the player starts going down a bad path. You know, drugs, alcohol, all that kind of nonsense. Like, th- there needs to be some, you know, it, 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 it's it's in the best interest to make sure that your your guys are being responsible and measured and, and whatnot, even beyond finances to some degree. But again, I, I just would not put in the extra added caveat of, obligation i think it's a wise thing i think it's a nice thing i don't think it's a requirement anyways i'm gonna leave it at that you guys have a good rest of your night hopefully things went well with uh family night i don't know i haven't seen it yet um also tomorrow we're in kind of a a pickle here because tomorrow i'm guessing there's going to be a lot of calls even starting tonight about packers family night and what was seen and i do want to start on that tomorrow we have 18 calls that i have not gotten to yet so I will probably do the same thing I did before. I will take those calls first and then go back, but there's probably going to be several that are skipped. Just just a heads up, because that's just the way it goes. So if there's anything massively important, again, feel free to put it back to the front of the line. If it has to do with Jersey Mike speeding, maybe we'll just let it go, you know? <laughs> up to you, though. You can call that one back in. Anyways, you guys have a good night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>